The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving.
Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello and welcome, Uncle Sam Soccer Podcast. And yes, we are live here October 23rd, 2019, talking to you about MLS Cup playoffs. You know the drill, listeners. I'm Steven Jodder, and joining me down in Dallas is Armand Kafai, and up in Minnesota is Jake Watrova. Listeners, send in your thoughts at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. We want to hear them. The random questions, thoughts on MLS. Everything in between, just send it our way at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. Jake, Armand, how we doing tonight? I'm doing okay. Armand, how are you doing? <laughs> just okay, Jake. You got mice in your house. I got, uh, yeah, I got mice. So, uh, yeah, things have been better, so to say. But uh, yeah, we're 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 handling the situation. We're getting rid of them as best we can. Armand. Do you have a mice problem? I don't have a mice problem, but my eyes are already messed up because I have glasses right now. Uh, are hurting after watching a game behind a net for ninety minutes. So who thought that uh, was a I, good idea? Uh, Don, the, the New York Mets. <laughs> you think it's the Mets that said, "Nah, you know what?" They said, "You you you can you can play in our our stadium, but you're gonna ta- we can't take down the fall nettings because it's." uh october and we don't know anything about playing baseball in october and that's why the nets are still up yeah i don't i don't know where i'm going with that joke the nets suck that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> oh my eyes are hurting so bad. it's honestly an embarrassment for mls like seriously what was that like a bunch of nets like <laughs> they made the game borderline unwatchable i'm gonna say it right now it, you didn't it, think it was made that the game bad bo- I thought the I thought pitch was, was better though than what it's off. Uh, dude, that is in about, Yankee Stadium. Everything about City Field was good except for the stupid net. If I have to watch a game behind a net, I would have been ten times happier. Well, ten times. Ten times happier. Well, MLS at Armand Kafai if they want to to respond to. Send me a jersey. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Anyway, all right. Let's let's get to this game, guys. First game of the conference semifinals and. NYCFC hosted Toronto at City Field, not Yankee Stadium. And guess what, guys? The row team prevails. What is our instant reaction to this? Listeners at Unc Sam Soccer Pod, send in your thoughts. But are we surprised? I'm not surprised. I picked them to win. So is Jake surprised? I'm not surprised. I kind of pegged them to be the... Well, I think a lot of people pegged Toronto FC to be the dark horse. So, but no, I'm not surprised because we've seen this for the last couple of years from NYCFC, the inability to win, uh, to win big games. I mean, Steven, you harped on LAFC so much during the season about how they can't beat the LA Galaxy. They, you know, shriveled up against RSL last year and I, I want to hear this take on NYCFC now because this has been three years running where... They're perennial favorites in the Eastern Conference, and then when the you know matches start to really matter, they curl up in the fetal position. Well, let's take a page out of the NBA, guys. NYCFC was simply missing superstars. Yeah, they're a talented team, 
you can coast your way through the regular season. You'd be the Boston Celtics. Coast your way through the regular season. And guess what? When the time comes, when the lights get their brightest, NYC have failed. Yeah, they've had superstars in the past. Lampard, Pirlo, Davi Villa. But this club is increasingly becoming like their city rivals in New York Red Bulls. Failure in the playoffs. Red Bulls go 10 straight seasons, lose in the playoffs to 10 different teams. Do you know how impossible that is? 10 different teams in 10 straight years they lose in the playoffs. Wow. And then here comes NYCFC, right? Pretty damn good in the regular season through their first several years of existence in MLS, and they fail in the big games consistently. Guys, this is a problem. NYCFC have a loser mentality problem in the playoffs, and I have no idea what's going to solve them. Maybe they're better off playing away from home on an actual soccer pitch. Change it up for once. Be on the road. Because they're, they're, they're always a higher seed when it comes to the playoffs. So are you saying they should lose? Like, yeah, why not? I, I, be the I, underdog. I, 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 be I the underdog. The right there. Uh, I don't. I don't know, man. Uh, I thought they actually played pretty well. I thought it was just some dumb, just some dumb mistakes. Both their goals they gave up came from nothing. Can we be honest here? Like, can we admit that they kind of had a not sharp first half, and they kind of got into the groove. They allowed an early goal in the second half, but for most of the second half, they had Toronto on their back foot and they capitalized and scored. Go look at Toronto's first goal. I mean, come on, dude. It, it's like, you know, when you're playing, you're just heading a ball around. You're just messing around. That's what it's kind of like. And then they capitalize and score. All right, NYC gets one back. All right, cool. Against, I guess, the run of play, to be honest with you, uh, Monterita makes a rash challenge late and gives up penalty. It's just, it's as dumb as it's going to sound. It's just individual men- mental errors. I don't think they played that badly. You're right, Armand. They did not play that badly. But come on. The lights are the brightest. It's a big game. Toronto got lucky, sure. But that's going to happen. You need a little bit of luck in the playoffs. For every team, even the great teams. Regardless of sport, you always need a bounce to go your way. And NYCFC in the second half looked superb. They were on the front foot. But then you have an idiotic play in the 90th minute. I mean, Jake, what was your reaction in the 90th minute? That was such a brutal challenge. I, 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 uh, I can't believe. I, I can't remember who had the ball for uh, Toronto. Who drew the penalty for Toronto there? Lorea. He was. Oh my god! To make that challenge in that spot was just was horrible. I, I don't understand why why that that tackle was even attempted in that situation. You have to know where you are in the match. You know, late in the game, 90th minute. You cannot be t- trying to make tackles from uh, uh, tackling players from behind that late in the ball game. I mean, Armand, what did you think about it? I couldn't believe it, to be honest with you. It's, it's terrible. Uh, it, and he started crying. Like, he knew exactly what happened. It was it was just such a bad challenge. Like, it was just not needed, like you said. It was just, it was just a horrible decision. You sit there, and you're like, what are you doing? And you're like, wow, great job. And I see you shot yourself in the foot twice. That's terrible. I, I man, it, it it I was that was that was a weird way to end that game. But I mean, I guess credit to Toronto because Jake, I know we talked about okay, like maybe we shouldn't be as surprised. 
However, they did it without Josie Altador, which is that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Well, we we said last week how if Josie Altador wasn't gonna wasn't playing for Toronto FC, we we might be asking a lot of the of the team to go and beat DC United. And what do they do? Well, they 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 smash they, them. They smash DC United. They hang four goals on them in extra time. So clearly, this team can win without Josie Altador, and we, we saw it against DC United, and we saw it again tonight. I mean, the, I guess the real question here goes: Does does the regular season even matter that much? I mean, we harped the 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 reaction from the weekend was home field advantage, right? Crazy games, crazy scorelines, but the home team majority of the, majority of the weekend games, right? This past weekend it was the home team, and here you have a home team not playing in their own building, get knocked out. They had a ton of days off. Toronto just played extra time in their 5-1 thumping of DC United in Toronto. So they were playing tired. They had a quick turnaround. They had to get to NYCFC. They, too, had to play in a building they've never been familiar with. But, but Stephen, think about this for a second. While Toronto FC may have been tired coming off a match this past weekend that went... Uh, 120 minutes. Keep in mind, NYCFC also, I mean, they hadn't played a competitive match in almost three weeks, too. So there is some rust factor there. I get it. They went and played the Chicago Fire last weekend in front of nobody, which is like a regular season game in Chicago. <laughs> Shots fired. Sorry, Chicago Fire fans. Shots fired there. But... I mean, this team has not played in a match with any intensity for the last three weeks or so. So for them to come out of the game flat-footed and to see Toronto out on the front foot shouldn't be all that surprising to us. Yeah, I mean, Armand, stadium, playing away from Yankee Stadium, do you think that had an effect, big, big effect on NYCFC? And secondly, this rust factor... Is it an unfair advantage that these, you know, the the one seed has so much time off that they're not in a rhythm of playing meaningful soccer, meaningful football? So, so let me let me let me tell you this. Uh, I think first off, we did actually see the effects of uh, uh, Toronto playing 120 minutes, uh, you know, versus NYC having the week off towards the end, towards right. the second half, in the middle of the second half. I think we saw. Toronto's level started to drop, and NYC started to grow into that match and go for it. So I think we did see that. Uh, but overall, I think a coach has to be prepared no matter what. You have to your team prepared no matter what. If it's a two-and-a-half-week layoff, well, you're going you're gonna to have to be ready. It, like, it, it is what it is. But with the field, the field looked a little bit bigger. Honestly, you could probably say it, it probably played a little bit better. Uh, I think it looked nicer. I don't think it, that had anything to do with it. I think NYC played fine. They just made key mistakes in the game. It's not like um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a game uh, uh, to reference. It's not like you know Red Bulls, for example, right? Red Bulls completely ran out of gas towards the end of their game, and they like deserve. They 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 did not. They it felt like they didn't want to win the game from like 
60 minutes onward, right? But when I talk about a team like NYC, I thought they really played fine, guys. It's just those mental mistakes and just making those key errors, those key times really cost them. I don't know about you guys, but I, I it the result felt a tad unfair, but I mean, football is football, you know? Like, it doesn't... Hey, unfair, really? TFC on the road? They grind NYCFC out. They get a, a fluky goal, and then they create two a couple, fluky goals. Two fluky goals, but I mean, you still have to credit them, right? Like, yeah, you can credit them, but I feel like the result is still a little unfair towards NYC. But again, it's playoffs. Unfair doesn't matter, right? Right, right, right. I mean, I, I guess the real, you know, that we we come back to this question is: Did the better team win? And listeners, send in your thoughts at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. We want to hear it. Your reaction to NYCFC versus Toronto. Are you mad? Are you an NYCFC fan? Are you angry with what you just saw? And if you're a Toronto fan, you must be thrilled. Conference finals after a a failure of having last season, the way that went down. Here you come off winning the title in 2017. 2018 failure. Here in 2019, I wrote you guys off. I wrote my apology letter, and here you are in the conference finals. Jake, do you have the final word before we get to our first break? Yeah, I'm not surprised Toronto FC beat NYCFC. I mean, yeah, NYCFC was favored in the East. They were the, 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 the top point getter when the season was all said and done, but... You know, it's kind of one of those uh, kind of one of those things where fool me once, shame on you; fool me twice, shame on me. I kind of feel a little bit betrayed by NYCFC because I had them in Atlanta, kind of one A and one B in the Eastern Conference, and I should have known NYCFC in the past has lost in big games. And I think one of you mentioned it; they are like their crosstown counterparts, New York Red Bulls, and they just choke when it matters most. And again, we saw it tonight. Alrighty, we'll we'll be back. We'll talk more NYCFC and TFC, and as well as get into this report by World Soccer Talk on MLS playoff ratings.
All righty. Actually, listeners, we're going to talk about Seattle, Real Salt Lake, since that game is going to kick off here in, what, 20 minutes? And Armand. Yeah, it's just about. Sorry. Yeah, no, we, we had a question get sent in sure. by one of our listeners, and he wants to know, this is coming from Jonathan Roz. I hope I pronounced that right. For, uh, actually, my two, boy Roz. Yeah, hey, two questions here. First of all, if you're an FC Dallas fan, should you – who do you root for? I mean, come on. I don't think that's the question. If you're FC Dallas fan, you're RSL, right? You, you don't want to see Seattle win. Not your playoff rival. Come on, man. All Definitely right. RSL. All right. And, and we'll, we'll save Jonathan's uh, question here once the game gets kicked off. But, guys, Real Salt Lake, Seattle Sounders, and in a very intriguing match. Reason being is Seattle beat RSL early on in the season, one nothing at CenturyLink, and then when Seattle traveled to Real Salt Lake, they lost three nothing. And uh, uh, one important stat, just like the NYCFC Toronto game, Sounders coming off a match where they played 120 minutes versus FC Dallas, and that was an, an intense back and forth. Meanwhile, RSL in sleet, rain, snow, whatever you want to call it, only went 90 minutes versus Portland. So, Jake, RSL has been scoring, apparently. Yeah, which is crazy because I'm looking at their roster right now, and I wouldn't necessarily say they have a lot of, uh, I don't know if perennial goal scorers is the right phrase, but there's nobody outside of Albert Rusnak, who I don't even know if I consider an elite goal scorer in MLS, I mean, 10 goals is still nice, but there's nobody on that roster that you look at and go, oh, that guy's like a like a Carlos Vela, or that guy's like a Zlatan Ibrahimovic, or that guy's like a Joseph Martinez. And granted, those three I just named could arguably, arguably be the three greatest goal scorers in this league's history. <clears throat> but there's nobody on RSL that you look at, and it kind of gives you pause. There's somebody you feel like you have to the game plan around. Jefferson Savarino. Yeah, he's nice. Eight goals, five assists. Like I already mentioned, Albert Rusnak, 10 goals. You have Sam Johnson, who has nine goals this year. But I don't think he's scored all that much since uh, since the end of May. So it's just funny because, like I said, there's just not a lot of guys out there that you look at and you go, oh, that guy scares me. That guy is somebody we got to keep an so, eye on. So what about this stat? Since the Gold Cup, RSL has given up. Oh, sorry. Now I'm an idiot. Never mind. This is an important stat, Armand. RSL 6-4-1 since the intern manager, Freddie. I'm going to butcher this last Freddy name. Freddie Juarez. Freddie Juarez. Is 6-4-1 since August 11th. But there are they are 1-2-2 two, and two in away matches. A win in Vancouver, losses at Portland and Minnesota, and a draw at Galaxy. So uh, who was the guy who thought that... Uh... RSL would be a contender. It's me, baby. I'm back. Oh my god! Really? Really? Should we pop some bottles? I think I think RSL has a chance to knock off Seattle, and I'm not saying that uh, because of my uh, my pick or anything. I just think, awkwardly enough, RSL is just a very like I said, dynamic team. You have you have a potential. I mean, Jake, you mentioned they might not be household names, but guy like Jefferson Savarino, Demir Krylock, who had that amazing goal against LAFC last year. Rusnak, uh, we could go. We can go through this. You have experience in the back with Nick Armando, 
reigning rookie of the year, Corey Baird. I want to see how they handle the overloads that Seattle had. We saw FC Dallas handle them, right? Uh, they put Reggie Cannon at right wing, and he was able to track back. And Dallas got burned. But I was talking to someone today, and it's not like Seattle did anything amazing in those goals, right? Uh, the first goal is a great individual effort from a rally Diaz. The second one, it was just it was pretty poor defending. You had Rado Ziegler to step up, header over the top, boom, Jordan Morris, uh, I think. Is there Jordan Morris or uh, Lodero was through? I can't remember which I one. I think it was but Morris because Morris had the hat I think it was trick. Morris. Well, yep. Uh, but, I mean, looking at this, like, I, I think are so spook, spooky enough that they can, that they can do it, that they can handle it. Uh, you really love this spookiness. I mean, is no, everybody like, spooky like to some degree? Like, it's no, Halloween, no. Stephen. It's Halloween. Know your seasons. No, not, really <laughs> not everyone's spooky. But I think personally, RSL is one of those teams that can, that can scare you. And I think they have a chance tonight against a Seattle team who is dynamic, right? But they they showed signs of, you know, arm, the armor cracking a little bit. Okay, uh, but Ar- Armand, defensively, right, you have to worry – with Seattle, they have given up two or more goals, at least two or more goals, ten in the last fifteen, uh, ten out of their last fifteen games. Mm-hmm. They are leaky at the back. And Jake, uh, if you don't mind, want to, uh, if you don't mind pulling up the starting eleven for Seattle and RSL, as we are, what more or less fifteen twenty minutes w- uh, away from kickoff. Armand, I, I know you, you think the upset could happen, but the Sounders have not lost a playoff match at home since 2013. I don't care about those records, baby. Hey, man, history history records. tends to repeat itself. I don't care about those records. I, I want to see it. I want to see a dynamic performance from this RSL team. And what I mean, look, they had a gritty win against uh, the Timbers. And you know what? It, like I said, that 30 minutes, this is going to be the first matchup we're going to see, guys, where both teams played over the weekend. I want to see that dynamic as well. Do we see the 30 minutes that Seattle had, the extra 30 minutes Seattle had, be, affect them during the game as well? What, about the, what, about, the, what about mentally how these players are going to react? F- uh, Seattle gave up the lead multiple times against FC Dallas. Didn't completely give up the lead, but they allowed FC Dallas to enter right back in the match. RSL had a one nothing lead. Portland comes back, and our RSL goes on to win. But I, I'm not too certain that 30 minutes is going to make that big of a difference because guess what? Seattle got to stay at home. RSL had to travel. Yeah, travel like how much, though? Yeah, that's fair, but it's still travel nonetheless. And, and, and we, since we the need goal... Jake's take. We need Jake's take. Well, we, okay, yeah, Jake. I haven't heard Jake's voice in a minute. I've been too busy looking up the starting lineups. I can give you a, I can give you a drink opening if you want that as a take. Uh, I can give you RSL's lineup. I can give you uh, Seattle's lineup. I have, I have the image right here in front of me if you want me to go through it. I have the image right here too. I guess they have for RSL boys, you know. By the way, I just want to give a hand clap to the RSL or not RSL Seattle Sounders Twitter. Their graphic. I really appreciate when teams put their formation, this, put the formation instead of what RSL did, which was just. A guy, five guys in a row, and then six guys in a row, and it's like it's you know what's going on here? I don't know. This could be what is this a six five zero? Is that what we're playing? <laughs> what's going on here? No goalkeeper. No goalkeeper. <laughs> Why is Nick Romando in goalkeeping? It's, he's playing in the back line. What's going on here? I'm just saying. But Armand, go ahead. Go go ahead. Give us RSL's lineup. 
So I'm going to have to do an alphabetical or a numerical order because that's what it's listed as. But we have Danny Toya, Kyle Beckerman, Jefferson Savarino, Demir Krylock, Albert Rusnak, Nidam, oh, I'm a bitch for his name, uh, Onuai, that's wrong. Yeah, he's favorite QPR. Justin Glad, Corey Baird, Nick Romando, Aaron Herrera, and Everton Luis to round up the starting lineup. Let's hear how Seattle's lining up, Jake. Uh, in the net, we got Stefan Fry. Working left to right is Smith, Kim, Torres, and Leardom at the back. Can we Christian just roll down? Can we pause there for a second? What? This is the biggest part for Seattle. If they can clean up this this back line, Kim Kim he was terrible against Dallas, and he's had a run of pretty bad performances. If RSL can pick up pick on him, I think they have a pretty good opportunity to stay in the match. And, and, and create opportunities for themselves. We know Seattle loves to allow goals to go in. There's the, the defender that you want to pick on. But go ahead, Jake. Sure thing, baby. In the midfield, Christian Roldan. <laughs> you were waiting for that, weren't you? I was waiting for that. Uh, Roldan, Svensson. Followed by Morris, Ladero, and Jones to run out the midfield with Raul, uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz starting up top for the Seattle Sounders. So, hey Armand, I don't know if you know this stat, but how how well has Rudy Diaz been performing in the playoffs? Do you know? In three games, what do you think his stat line is? Well, he had like probably three or four goals, yeah. Yeah, and three MLS game playoff games, four goals, two assists. Yep. I'm not surprised. I hope so. But so I to clarify, guys, I want to give you all the RSL lap, the actual formation instead of just reading off names. So in net, obviously Nick Romando. Looking at uh, you're going from left to right, uh, Aaron Herrera. Uh, uh, Aaron Herrera is a key a, a key part in there. Looking at the lineup does not match up with the one on Google, so I'm going to have to go back and figure that out. Uh, but, no, but honestly, transitioning back to what we were talking about, Stephen, I think you're right. The defense for uh, Seattle has been leaky without Chad Marshall. I think we talked about that on the show. And you know what? I think that the offense of a guy like Jefferson Severino, of a guy like Demir Krylock, who can occupy those spaces, can generate problems uh, for this, for the Sounders, uh, as RSL looks to go forward. Yeah, uh, it, this is going to to be a, a fun matchup. I think we're going to see a lot of goals. You know, I think a lot of people are like, you know, uh, think it's going to be a boring game. I don't think so, baby. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it could go one of two ways. Either it's extremely boring, or it's a lot of fun because you're going to have a lot of t- tired players, and once t- players get tired. Bad things happen. Mistakes happen defensively. You could have uh, just the floodgates open up. Well, guys, since returning from the Gold Cup in July, the Mercer Island Magician has notched nine goals and six assists from their last 13 starts. Can we talk about that for a little bit? (laughs) Jordan Morris, what a performance he had for himself against Dallas. Jordan right. Morris is one fourth Persian. Just saying, oh no. 
Yeah, no, there you go. I'm, I'm gonna. Jordan Morris is a loser. I'm sticking <laughs> by that tweet. I'm sticking by that tweet. Why? Why well, you not? Hate Jordan Morris. I you hate Jordan Morris. He's done nothing. He's a great we, guy. We don't stand Jordan Morris on this show, okay? We stand a lot of people, Armand, but we do not stand no, Jordan no, no, Morris. No, 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 You don't stand. You don't stand Jordan no, Morris. No, we're, this is a united front. We, he's we soft, don't stand but he's been <laughs> damn good. Nine goals and six assists in 13 starts. I like that. You have to be pretty happy if, if you're an American, knowing that one of your Americans is actually p- producing in your domestic league. I wish he was doing it for the national team, though. But hey, <laughs> that's a conversation hey. for another day. That's that's uh, that's yeah. His goals care. were scrappy, though, guys. Like, who cares? In the back of the net. No, no, no. no. I'm just saying, like, there, there's a scrappy player. He's he's you know feasting on those scraps. But that's a, that's your traditional U.S. men's national team striker, a scrappy guy that goes out there oh, and puts oh in the my. back of the net. You, so you're a Jordan Morris stand. Yeah, I, I, I think he's good. At the moment, yes. Yeah, put him in the U.S. men's national team lineup. Do you think he's the best player on Seattle? Oh, uh, no. Oh, uh, it's him. I think Fry makes a case for himself because he is spectacular. He's a big game is player. Is he Swiss? Is he Swiss? Yes. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. Oh, uh, there we go. There it is. We found it. All right. Well, okay. Let's... Hey, hey, when are you going to – let me know about the Patriots too. Let's talk about the Patriots. Let's talk about the Patriots. Okay, next segment, we'll talk about the Patriots. Listeners, at Unksam Soccer Pod, we will get to your questions. We'll talk about MLS ratings as well as get more. Players are walking out right now, guys. Yes, players are walking out. It's almost time. Tune in uh, FS1 for that match, as well as we'll continue our reaction with Toronto and New York City. FC. Alrighty, we're back, and uh, Jake, we got a, a certain DM about our message from a listener about Jordan Morris. I didn't know me and Jonathan Roz. Is it Roz? Yeah, Roz. I didn't know Jonathan Roz and you were boys until now, <laughs> but we definitely are boys now. Yeah, <laughs> he, he agrees with me. Jordan Morris sucks. F you and your hat trick. 
with a smiley face with sunglasses on. Well, so that, that's just the FC Dallas take in him. Well, either or. Uh, Jonathan, we, I stand Jonathan Roz. We're boys now. So, um, yeah. Uh, guys, I had a quick question for you. When we watched, uh, because we all did watch the FC Dallas-Seattle Sounders match, uh, John Strong repeatedly said on the broadcast that the atmosphere was just down a notch from what he regularly gets when he's at CenturyLink. Do you think that's the case tonight? I know I have the game on yes, mute, so I can't yes, really tell. Yes, I'm watching it right now. The atmosphere that's... of CenturyLink's been on a decline for the last few years, man. Whoa, whoa, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not forget John Strong came up through Portland Radio. Okay, but was the Timbers he's, guy. Oh, okay, come, come on. on. You can't. You can't. Oh, no. Hey, let's just call a spade a spade, okay? <laughs> no, okay. If I'm saying it, like, what bias do I have? Like, there is no – I think it's, it's come down a notch. I think it's come down a notch. I agree with what John says. I I don't think it's as imposing as it used to be. Definitely not as imposing. Wait, as, wait, wait, wait. Uh, I, I was just saying it as a, a one game thing. Is is this like a trend? Are we saying that the. the... I feel like. I don't know. That, like, you know how like Atlanta occasionally sells out their 70,000 seat stadium? Or like, maybe that's a new shiny toy effect or something like that. I haven't seen Seattle do that in a while. And they used to do that for their big games against Portland, if y'all remember. They haven't done that in a while, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. Because they have too many effing games against Portland. That's why they don't do it anymore, because it's lost its uh, appeal. It's not like this it big. Works. It's like playing USA versus Mexico No, well, that, or you play, they play Portland, what, three times in an MLS season, and they have to play them in the U.S. Open Cup because they're the regional well, they play twice. No, they play them twice in the MLS season. They play them once at home. And the, the home game for the Open Cup is at Starfire, which isn't even – so I don't get it. I, I just don't think that – like Water Seattle – Seattle, Seattle's uh, their their team is and the atmosphere and whatever is over there is like it should be a model, right? Because even after the hype of like the early expansion days has gone down, they still get thirty or forty k, and that's like a, a damn good number. But compared to old Seattle, man, it's like look at all the tarps. Do you <laughs> yeah. see the tarps? Yeah, like I know Roz, Roz is actually at the game, uh, the Dallas uh, Seattle game. Maybe you can throw us a tweet and tell us how it sounded over there. Yeah. But I mean, from an outsider's perspective, it looks kind of meh. I well, don't know. All right. Well, moving on here. Game did just kick off. We'll, we'll keep you posted if, if something happens, listeners. Uh, but, guys, we talked about this in our group chat this morning. But here's a headline from World Soccer Talk. MLS TV ratings slump 19% during the regular season. Playoffs take a nosedive. Nose dive. Are we surprised? Uh, I wonder who this is from. I said World Soccer Talk. Oh, my God. Take it I for what that. it is. Take it with a grain of salt. Take it with 100 grains of salt. I don't care. Right now, they're the only ones that produce some sort of number. And it's quite interesting. 19% nosedive, Jake. Yeah, I thought I saw though ESPN had a two percent growth though in their MLS viewership uh, a week or so ago. So yeah, I th- you sent that. Well, to they us, pulled, but they this pulled is a great number for I think I think the number is out for Minnesota Galaxy. Who think... who who wrote the World Soccer Talk article? Was it Christopher Harris? Yes. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> All right, let's get a little tinfoil Ted going here. All right, put on our tinfoil hats. Okay, listeners, join us. I think Christopher Harris runs a uh, 
a European-based soccer blog, right? Uh, or an American soccer blog based upon European soccer. Is that correct? Anybody anybody here, you read this? You see this? You hear about this? Yes. I, no? I, no? Wait, yes. What is it? What is I it? don't know, but I, this is what I've been reading on Reddit. I, I just think that this guy's out for MLS, and he's trying to get the American audience to... Well, you, you know how he's out to get to MLS? Who? But, oh, uh, how? Sorry, how, how, how? How? Because he, he writes in the article, how does MLS fix their TV ratings problem? And guess uh, what comes up? Guess what More people should like soccer in the U.S.? <laughs> what? More people should like soccer in the U.S.? I mean, that's how you fix the problem. <laughs> what no. a concept. No, no, no. What concept do you think gets thrown out in this article? Calendar, promotion, relegation, yep, get the salary yep. cap, um, you know, Ben Fast, um, <laughs> Ted, what's his face? Ted Uncle. Ted Uncle. <laughs> oh, God, we've gone off the rails on this one already. <laughs> anyway, but no, I mean, it's, it's the same. It's, it's this guy's agenda, it's the man. Same, it's the same BS that all those guys talk about. Oh, if they play, and me and Steven and Armand, we had this argument about the, the calendar earlier today. Oh, well, if the calendar was uh, fixed, they'd be able to get bigger names in here or in the league. Really? I, I, I don't see how them being on a European-based calendar would then all of a sudden draw an, an influx of higher-quality players wanting to play in MLS. I don't see how promotion and relegation is going to make players magically better. Everyone points to Jamie Vardy. Well, it's like the Jamie Vardy story is like one of like 100,000. Not every player is able to go from like the fifth tier of a league's or of, of a country's domestic league structure and then wind up as the country's, you know, two or three best strikers. I don't know. It's all BS. I hate okay, these well, move on. Jake move is on. all about the BS. MLS playoffs drop 54 54%. I mean, this is – here's things. The league is growing, right? Expansion. You just had Sacramento. This opening weekend was fantastic. Was it not, Jake Armand? Was this not the best opening weekend in MLS playoff history as far as score lines, storylines? Yes. Maybe MLS is in there, and I said it on on one of our preview shows, that, you know what? Playoffs really don't matter because people aren't going to tune in. And you can have spectacular matches. And they did have spectacular matches. And nobody watched. They were going up against college football. Uh, MLB playoffs, although I don't think there was a game. Uh, was there a game Saturday? Was that the the Astros walk-off? Yeah. Yep. So they were going up against other sports. Guess what? MLS is going up against Thursday Night Football. The World Series is on tonight. Oh, this RSL game will pull no numbers. <laughs> and, 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 and never mind. And never mind. These games are starting at nine o'clock, ten o'clock on the East Coast. What Although are I'm we intrigued doing? to see how El Tráfico's ratings do. Yeah, but that starts because even I think later. That's be an outlier. I think that's gonna be an outlier, and it's gonna have like a 400k. Could be higher, TBH. But ESPN has even hype up the game, man. Has, has this game been hyped? No. I, don't, I, no this... I, I was at the gym this morning, okay? Believe it or not, I was working out, okay? <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, even if you saw it. At about 6.30, they did a little promo for it on SportsCenter. So, AM or PM? 
a.m. I mean, who's up at 6 a.m.? Me. I was working out. <laughs> okay, but before I, – I guess we can start talking about tomorrow's matches if we really want to. But is Oh, it... sorry. Oh, <laughs> did you all see that? <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Jake, I knew you would get you, one of those. I knew you and you I were right. We it, this was oh bound my God, to happen. I just got nailed in the head. All right, what? Armand, Armand, focus, focus, buddy, focus. Dude, we're live. I mean, I'm watch. I'm watching this, and I see Lodero just smash the shot, hit the post. Yeah. Like, if we're doing a live conference game, let's at least throw a little shout out to the game. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm not even. I, I, low key, I'm not even watching the game right now. What, what, what was it? Manone scored that one episode. Yeah, that was during the. Uh, oh, what, the, the Houston, the Houston, the Houston Minnesota United match in like September. It was after the LAFC win, and uh, I was I, I recorded the match, and Armand decided to react to yeah troll me basically like oh Vita Monone just scored and that's when I knew that he was BS me but he never warned me that United was down two nothing to Houston and should have just told me to not watch it but he sometimes you think you know your friends and other times you know they're just a-holes I don't know what this is going (laughs) okay back to MLS TV ratings LA Galaxy versus LAFC in the playoffs Jake I'm sorry bye bye Minnesota Everybody wanted the Galaxy to win Sunday night. Dude, I'm so happy the Galaxy won. Is this not the biggest game in MLS history? Whoa, 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 Chief. No, I'm serious. Dead-ass serious. Yeah, whoa, 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 Chief. Of course it's the biggest game in MLS history. <laughs> oh, my God. Come on, Armand. What are you talking about? This is the biggest game in MLS history. If the TV ratings do not do well. They're not going to do well because they're starting the match at 930 or 947 or whatever because that's what they do. I, I mean, I agree, but I mean, is, is MLS worried about these TV ratings? If they do, they even care for TV ratings. We talked about in a group chat. There's a lot of NFL mixover, and the NFL has sold a made a ton of profit with its TV deals. That is how MLB, the NBA, and the NFL makes a lot of its revenue is through TV. That's how deals. leagues are supposed to make money. Like, but but MLS doesn't have any revenue coming from TV. Because nobody's watching. And the question is, the biggest game in MLS history, will it draw people to it? It has superstars. It has true hatred between clubs. It has a history. You have a team that has never won MLS Cup going up against a team that has won the most in MLS. It's a fantastic, sexy match. The question is, will people tune in? I hope so. I hope so, baby. You two suck. <laughs> Listeners. I'm, I'm I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch oh, it. Oh, we're going to be live. Gonna... We're doing this all over again tomorrow, 830. Well, y'all might be live. Central I still time. might be taking yeah, an yeah, exam. Yeah, yeah. You might be live, Stephen, but I don't I mean. But I'll be taking I'll an exam. <laughs> Jake, you said you're going to be there. Yeah, up to a certain time. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> what? Anyway. Hey, anyway, all I'm saying is. I don't know what I'm saying. This is a, this is gonna be fun. This match is gonna be fun. I don't think it'll get that great ratings. Who do we have winning? Who do we have winning? Who do we have winning? We're not doing predictions. We're not doing predictions. Already did it. Too late. LAFC. Okay. Well, I'm going LAFC too because it's like it's like a story, you know. Like you have to beat like the enemy that like you know has like ruined all your life. 
Wow. Like, that's what's going to happen. And they're going to win MLS Cup if that happens. If they lose, then my story's kind of ruined. Yeah, it's it's that was just a poor take to begin with. At Unc Sam Soccer Pod, send in your hate mail, your thoughts, your love at Armakafai, at Jake Trova, at Steven Jodrant. We'll be back for our final segment after this. Alrighty, listeners, we are back for our final segment. And uh, some more questions and thoughts can send in via our Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod. Yeah, we'll start with my guy Jonathan Roz here on this Seattle match. The Seattle match had 37,000, and as I can tell you, 36,800 of those fans never sat down the whole match. Maybe as an FC Dallas fan, that is a big deal, so take that paradigm into consideration, but it was... One of the most intense MLS games I've ever been to. Can I, I don't, can, can yes. I just poop all over this for a second? Yeah, go ahead. Then I got my take. Okay. Granted, I get it, but this is an FC Dallas fan going to Seattle. Like the atmospheres <laughs> at Dallas games suck. So uh, anything. Dude, an atmosphere at uh, a high school soccer game is better than one at FC Dallas game. Come on now. So, so this was a natural step up. The question is how, you know, John Strong calls all these big games. Sure. So, granted, I, I mean, but we got to – here we have two compelling uh, competing thoughts here. John Strong on the broadcast, uh, the atmosphere sucked. And then you got one of our listeners, who, uh, Jonathan Ross, who said, no, the, the atmosphere was great. I know, Jake, you were at the Minnesota match. How, I can't I believe we've missed that. I was going to tell you about that. Oh, yeah. I feel like I, I really can relate to this message by our guy Jonathan here as the only member of this podcast to attend a playoff match 
this year. Well, one of some the some of us are just not as lucky uh-huh. as you are. Uh-huh. 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 That's why our mind laugh. One uh-huh. of the uh-huh. most intense matches I have ever been to. I shouldn't say like like across all sports, across all sports. That was the most fired up I'd been for a match. I actually wasn't that fired up going into it. I'm like, ah, you know, it's cool, whatever. And then like the game started and I was into it. Uh, my girlfriend after the match goes to me and says, you were really scary. Uh, during the match, you were really yelling. Like, <laughs> like your veins were popping out when you were yelling at the players when they screwed up and you know, like you were swearing a lot and you were flicking people off and stuff like that. I was into it. I got hey, really- Who are you flipping I can, off? I can relate. I can relate. I can relate. I almost had a bad. I almost. I almost swore. I had to restrain myself. So, Stephen, do you remember the 2015 FC Dallas Seattle uh, playoff series? By any chance? I do. Where, uh, where like what was it? Like Tesharak and Delhi scored, and then Chad Marshall scored late, and then Walker Zerman scored in like the 90th minute to send extra time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. I was at that game, (laughs) and Jake, I can agree. I, I, I was very scary. It was one of the most intense games I've ever gone to. Like I think it's the nature of MLS playoffs, but it it, it just it brings out a whole different animal in you. Well, especially when your team's not playing well or not, you know, or give up a goal in the 89th minute. Yeah, or that you know, you just it just comes over. Something takes over, and you're just uh, it's very primal, if you will. But how was the atmosphere, Jake? Do you remember, or were you just too mad? Oh, the atmosphere was great. That was the first time <clears throat> everybody was liquored up. Well, everyone was. I wasn't liquored up. I actually didn't drink at all that day. Believe it or not, that was the first time I think the supporter section was in was completely filled before the game even kicked off. Like it was filled before the national anthem. Uh, I think Minnesota United sold more tickets to the supporter section than capacity because we had people just standing in the aisleways, like on the stairs and stuff like that, because they couldn't get into rows and uh, security. You could tell security just didn't. They, they might have been informed about that because security just didn't do anything about it because you can have like a fire hazard there with just people hanging out in the, the aisles or, you know, someone falls, they all fall, that whole thing. Yeah, you could just tell it was kind of like, eh, just look the other way, security. This, that, this, this is a supporters fine. section, Jake. You guys were rocking it. The the first, once the kick, or once the game got kicked off, Armand, do you remember what I texted you guys? It was like, oh my God, this is loud. It seemed yeah, like it the entire baby. stadium was just singing. When the loons go marching in, I mean, it was fantastic. That gave me chills, man. That's how you got to. That's how you sing a national anthem, right there. The loons prove to you oh my how God. to sing a national anthem. We didn't sing a national anthem. I, I yeah. know, but just substitute <laughs> that the, the atmosphere. You know, as a, some... I just want to say, as an Arsenal fan, you really do love oh when the, you know your, your different variation of oh when the blank go marching in you know as a man who hates spurs you really do love oh when the spurs go marching in oh when the loons go marching in oh when the reds go march you love it you can't get oh, enough when of it. the it's patriots very, go very, marching in they it doesn't right doesn't work that way it doesn't, <laughs> work, it doesn't work that way yeah oh, it doesn't work that way pats go marching in all right, delete, delete all right. the account delete all right. the account i, I got to get to a really important question though that one of our listeners sent in to us uh, it's from Manny from Austin and he wants to know Who's the best looking out of the three of us? Uh, Should I go? Can I go first? Yeah, go first. <laughs> uh, it, uh, uh, I think uh, you know, like taking all things into consideration, it's Steven. Uh, the the cooking, uh, the oh emphasis on God. the hair. Is this like a dating show all of a sudden? <laughs> the emphasis oh, on the hair. 
Like I think I, I think that's I, I can't put myself because I'm like growing out my hair right now, my facial hair and stuff. I'm trying to grow a nice little beard, look like Jake a little bit. Uh, but uh, I I think hot take. I gotta go, Stephen. Wow. That no pun intended. Hot with that hot, hot take. Right? Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know what to say. This is an awkward. This puts me in a very awkward position. I was gonna say Jake's the best looking one here. <laughs> oh wow! Whoa. Wow! That this, puts me this... in an awkward position because I wanted to be biased and say myself. Now I can't. <laughs> and now I feel like I gotta say Armand. So I'm gonna say Armand. I think uh, he's got a lot of redeeming qualities about himself. Most notably, his uh, his laugh there. <laughs> yes. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yes. Yes. Uh, guys, yeah. wait. Armand, I'm going to put you on the spot here. We haven't done this. Listeners at Unc Sam Soccer Pod, we want to hear your thoughts. Real Salt Lake in Seattle. It's nil-nil in the 17th minute. I'm on the I'm on delay since I'm streaming the match. But so far, it's been uh, – Seattle has hit the post. So we'll see how the game progresses. Armand, you KG? have any – KG? Is it KG? Spooky? Yeah, it's pretty fun, though. It's fun. I love the – Damn, I love this. I love this camera. Like this camera work is night and day than staring from behind a net. Yeah, uh, it is nice not having a net in the way. Oh my god, dude, that's. Can we just talk about that for like a couple more seconds? How embarrassing it is for MLS. That like, do you imagine being someone that watches Premier League only, a Euro snob, whatever you want to call them, and you're like, hey bro, like come watch some MLS with me. And he's like, bro, I will watch some MLS with you. You know what? This one time I will. Uh, it's perfect timing. Little bro, day. He's. And he sits down with his, well, since a Euro snob, he probably likes IPAs or some shit like that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> all right. This is a, uh, all right, and this is uh, no but, longer a PG podcast. Uh, he probably likes IPAs or something like that. <laughs> and he sits down, and you're like, wow, isn't it such a great, he's like, it's a great atmosphere. The baseball pitch looks terrible, but it looks better than you know it usually does. And then the net comes in. If I was that Euro snob fan, I would chug my beer and leave. He paid, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, ch- as yeah, I would, as I would, a former Euro oh. snob, as a former Euro snob. Former, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Steven used to be worse. Yeah, I, I used to be all. I, I attended MLS matches back in the day, like 2006. Okay, I was there. Yeah, you still hated them. So I still showed up. I still spent my money. I still watched them. We're happy for you. Yeah, but the net happy. thing is an issue, and this Yankee Stadium playing on a football uh, baseball and stadium. They need a stadium, man. They need a stadium, man. I, I I know, like apparently it's taking a lot of work or whatever, but they need a stadium, man. They need a stadium. I um, not to cut you guys off here, but one final thought from our guy Jonathan in regards to being in Seattle for that playoff match. He says that was his third match. At CenturyLink Field, so he has at least some um, oh, experience. Oh, he's a yeah, traveler. Yeah, he's, he's, he's an experienced away fan, okay, wow. especially in Seattle. That is hardcore, man. He loves he loves sleepless in Seattle. He loves going to Sounders matches as an FC Dallas fan. Wow, wow, that's some dedication, Armand. I'm putting you on the spot. Let's get a uh, two stars and one catfish from the opening weekend in Major League Soccer playoffs. All right, let's do it. Uh, star number one. Jordan Morris, three goals. Come on. Uh, can you say anything else about him? He was amazing. And honestly, it, he, he was a uh, first I, ever hat trick. First hat trick. Yeah. I mean, he was uh, truly a 
joy to watch. Oh, man, my, my, my second one. Can I jump to the catfish? Let me jump to the catfish. No, you need a second and, star. Yeah, but, but I want to catfish you first before I hit you the star. Uh, I'm going to okay. go Minnesota United. They had the game, guys. Like, we talk about it. I would be so pissed if I was a Minnesota United fan and at that game cheering in the supporting section, swearing and, you know, having veins pop out of my neck. I would be so mad because they had that game. It wasn't like they played badly. I don't know, man. It was a kind of disappointing result. And my final star, congratulations, Philadelphia Union. First ever playoff victory in franchise history with a gritty 4-3 win. That's a star right there. Marco Fabian at the weird goal to, to seal it. But that's a star right there. But let's go back to that soccer, guys. What I've been saying about Adrian Heath and the Loons, they, they were pretenders. Me, me and Steven are surprised, but our friend in Minnesota might be. They should have. They they should have won that match. They, they should have won that game. No, should have won that game. MLS rigged it. That way they didn't. Okay, and I'm no, being tongue in cheek there. I, I first of all, MLS did not want Minnesota to win. Great atmosphere, great stadium, fine. But they were desperate for that LAFC LA Galaxy playoff match. Secondly. Yeah, Minnesota had had it there. Fine, that's a catfish, but it's playoffs. And in playoffs, you need uh you need players to step up and and take those chances. I mean, Jake, not to get carried away here, but it looks like Minnesota United need need a lot of score and need a scoring option here in this upcoming offseason if they actually want to be a viable contender come next year. I mean, if Robin Lude buries that chance right on top of the penalty spot there in about the 25th minute or so, that's a completely different game. They had, they, they, that was like a, the perfect opportunity to really rattle the Galaxy, and they never capitalized it on, on that. And they had a couple other chances too. And Yeah, I think the uh, MLS got the matchup they want, um, so... That's great for them. We'll see if it uh, if it produces another magnificent, you know, three three game, or you know, you have one team go up three nil and then the other team charges back, like we saw in the first ever meeting between the Galaxy and LAFC. Uh, I'm I'm gonna find it very funny though. If this is like a very defensive minded match and it's like oh, one nothing there's LAFC. There's no chance. There's no chance that comes comes about. I'm just Dude, saying. Zlatan two goals. Ooh. Hot takes. Uh, listeners, we'll be live tomorrow, same time, 8.30 Central Time. Hopefully I'll be there. Hopefully Armand's going to be there. We'll be recapping Atlanta versus the Philadelphia Union. We actually have special guests. The special guest is going to be joining us. And then we'll we'll be leading you up to LAFC versus well, LA Galaxy. Maybe. Maybe a special guest is joining us. <laughs> depending. Maybe. Depending. Depending, on the, dep- depending on the Atlanta-Philadelphia match. Yeah. Yeah, Armand, last 10 seconds here. Who's the Who's got the advantage in the Atlanta Union game? The Union. Shocker. All righty. Until next time, listeners. Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet. 
crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new Wake Up Go-To's. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve, too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. 